Another week, another Mandalorian episode has come and passed us by. And I want to come on here. 280, episode 280 of the Rebels Come podcast is coming tomorrow night. Hi, hi, Heidi. Hi, Heidi. Sounds like a tongue twister. I got music playing right now. Let's get rid of this. Uh, let's get rid of the music. Get rid of it. Out of there. 280 tomorrow with Brock. We're going to talk about this episode because what a phenomenal episode this was. This was an episode that, look, <clears throat> I'm jumping on here today. Last week I jumped on because obviously Ahmed, best thing, uh, blew my mind. I loved it so much. We saw, you know, if you haven't, look, if you're not caught up on this season of Mandalorian up to now, stop watching, period. And if you haven't seen episode this week's episode, episode five, which is chapter 21, I think. Then you should like pause, come back later. It's going to be a good time. I promise. It's going to be a really good time coming up here because this show, and I've been saying this from the get go, is this is this, this is my opinion, but it's the truth. <laughs> this is this, this is the strongest. This show, this series. The Mandoverse has been. This is the strongest is this season. Now, I've also said, and Brock Brock texted me today about the, the episode a little bit. We don't talk too much about the episodes until we do the podcast. We just say little things here and there because we like to, we want to be more, you know, we want to have a real conversation when we when we actually discuss it on the show. Hello, Dale. Good note. Dale, General Dale Anobi. Uh we want to have a raw discussion about it. So that's why we, we try to not so much talk about it beforehand. But he did, he said, you know, you, I think you're right. This does feel more like a binge watching show. And this episode was a strange one because it kind of, yes, I, I agree with that full heartedly. However, it still felt like a complete episode in a lot of ways. Like it did, it felt episodic in a lot of ways. It was, it felt, I don't know how long it was. I heard it was under 40 minutes, but it felt like it kept, there was so much happening and it was nonstop and I'm, and I was thrilled with it. Just absolutely thrilled. Vermont Mike is here again to talk Star Wars. I was thrilled with how this one went from beginning to end. It just, it kept me all, all in on everything that was going on. And it kind of, it brought back the pirates and elements from, the first episode, you know, it, it didn't, the thing with this show is it knows where it's going. It knows, and it knows where it's been. And that's why when people like, it has no direction, I always felt, and you know, and I've said this a lot as I feel like this season has had direction and I still believe it has the most direction of any of the seasons we've gotten. I felt that way about book of Boba Fett too. I said this, uh, to Darth Ward, to Rob, when it was out, I was—he's like, ah, oh, he, he, I think he was a little off on it. I don't want to put words in his mouth. I think he was a little off on it, and I said, you know, I love this show, and you know, he put me down, and I said, but for me, it seems stronger than season two of Mandalorian and season one. And if you want to, you know, we're not—I'm not going to argue which was better or anything because why bother? But I just feel like they have this plan, and they and they find they have a grasp on 
on the universe and on the Mandoverse as a whole. And this season feels even a step above Book of Boba Fett. This episode, episode five, was essentially the entire season of Book of Boba Fett wrapped into one episode. And I loved it. And I love that you get the sense that they know where they're going and they know where they've been. They didn't forget about the pirates, right? Because as soon as the pirates showed up, they're like, oh, these are going to be the bad guys and skeleton crew. Well, maybe it's only that one guy, Fame. I think his name is Fame. Maybe it's only him showing up in skeleton crew. Or maybe skeleton crew takes place a little bit before this and you see Swamp Man, Man Thing, whatever. Maybe you see that. I, I, I'm not sure yet, but it felt good to have them come back. And they didn't just come back in a small way. They came back in a major way for Grief Karga, a major way to get us to the Rangers of the New Republic, a major way to kind of hint at Moff Gideon coming back or maybe something larger at play. And and it tied in majorly to the title of this series, which is The Mandalorian, and it gave Mandalorians once again a purpose and a place to be. And, I, and that's how I feel like this show is approaching, is... <clears throat> Is it? It's it's got its plan, so you just have to stick with it. And I know most people are, but everyone's jump jumps to the conclusion that they don't, you know, they don't like it. It doesn't have any direction. It has direction. You've just got to follow it. It's not force feed. Like they're not putting, you know, you're not James Woods on Family Guy with the Reese peanut Reese's pieces, right? Like you, like maybe you are. You got to just follow it. Follow it and trust the process. That's what we always say, right? Trust. The process. Yeah, Vermont Mike's saying his only complaint was we're gonna get more of the cameo. I want to get into that, but let's just let's just rush to it. Zeb. Zeb showing up. First of all, uh, let me know what you guys thought. Did you know right away that that was Zeb? Were you like, oh, that's Zeb? Or did you think it was just another Lasat? Because I was like, that sounds like Zeb, but maybe they just want all Lasats to sound the same. And then of course it is. Zeb, which makes complete sense, which makes sense because we're getting Sabine in the Ahsoka show and Hera showing up in the Ahsoka show, Chopper inevitably, and then obviously we're going to Ezra and Thrawn and whatnot. But Zeb, at the end of Rebels, correct me if I'm wrong, I haven't seen it, what's it been, five years since it's been up there, four or five years? I haven't seen it since that first airing. But what I remember was that doesn't Zeb go back to his homeworld to live like a peaceful life? Doesn't he just or finds his something and like goes off? Like, am I, am I wrong in that? Because that's why I always thought, oh, Zeb doesn't need to show up in these shows because he's kind of he leaves his purse, per, uh, his 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 uh nice quiet life with other Lasats, and he goes off and leaves with them. That's what I remembered. Callus was not there, but there were three other cameos, and I've seen a few people on Twitter, so I can't point out anyone specific, I don't think. Maybe I should. The first one I saw, I could probably find and point out. But there was three other awesome cameos in there, and no, I'm not going to be able to find it. They were um, uh, three the three previous Rangers of the New Republic, which was uh, Deborah Chow, David Filoni and Rick Femiua. Femiua. I hope I said that right. I always say the name wrong. By the way, uh, the other earlier this week I did the show like they need like an overseer of Star Wars. I'm kind of feeling like Rick Femiua. He might be grooming to that. I don't know. Like, is am I wrong in that assumption that he could be the one 
that oversees the Star Wars theatrical world. I know he's in deep on The Mandalorian, but he's an executive producer now on this show. He's worked, and hear me out, he's worked closely with Favreau and Filoni now. And then you have Favreau, who's doing this show and overseeing this whole TV thing, who learned from Kevin Feige on the whole Marvel thing. And now you have this. So, I, you know, this is because what my point was the other day is that they need, they basically need Kathleen Kennedy needs to hire James Gunn, like David Zaslav hired James Gunn for DC. Kathleen Kennedy needs that for Star Wars. That's what I, that's my thing is like, she is not that. And she's not, I don't think she was ever meant to be that. And that's what they kind of need. But anyway, that, that, so anyway, those three were also in the bar with Zeb, which is kind of cool that they had this whole like Rangers. I'm going to keep calling it Rangers of the New Republic because that show's happening to me, whether you like it or not. In my mind, it's happening. I'm watching it. Zeb's there. I can't remember. Uh, what is the main Rangers name? I can never remember his name, but I love, by the way. So here's the other thing with this show is Brock asked me last week, how did you feel about the episode? Because it kind of went off and. It kind of did what what uh, the Last of Us does, and it was a, a nothing episode. And I said, "Well, no, we've met these characters before, and now we had that whole long. I mean, it was a whole long episode with Kane and Doctor Pershing. And I think the cool thing for me was I thought it was going to be all about Doctor Pershing. Maybe it still will be. That's what I thought it was going to be all about Doctor Pershing. And then what happens is it's not about Pershing at all. It's about Kane." And in this episode, we get we we get that a lot more, right? Where it's like Kane is clearly working for the Empire, and the Ranger obviously knows what's going on, has an idea of what's going on, and I I it's it's like the pieces of the puzzle that start coming together. Gideon, did I say Thrawn? Gideon has this, there's a plot plot for Gideon and the Empire to come back. And people are complaining. I've seen people complain, like, I don't think it's enough time for the New Republic to be in charge before things start to go south. It's like, well, they can't be perfect. And we're seeing that they're not perfect. But And to, to be perfect, they're trying to show that they have to do things a little unorthodox. But the other thing is we're seeing, you know, the sequel trilogy is coming. And it's coming uh, in 19, is it 19 years, 20 years after? So however far we are removed, from Return of the Jedi now, we've got until The Force Awakens. And by the time The Force Awakens around, the First Order is pretty much established. They're a thing. People know about them. They're not hidden in the shadows necessarily. So I think, you know, it makes complete sense to me what they're doing. And I love seeing it. I love seeing the inner workings. And Brock always says the Clone Wars has made the the prequel trilogy better for him. And these are going to make the sequel trilogy stronger and that's a good thing, right? Like that's what that's what's so great about these shows is you could punch them in, and then George Lucas had the benefit of making the special editions, and for whatever reason, the Disney era just does not seem to have that want or need to do a special edition. And maybe maybe in the contract when they bought it, they said that they couldn't do it. I, I don't know what it is, but they haven't really had the need the means to do that special edition. Uh, and it would be nice to get some, but now instead we get these, we get these so we, they can, they can punch in the stories here and there and you get, you know, your Snoke tease in season two and you get, you know, your Moff Gideon here and, and, and like, there's like the, the fact that, that there's hints of something bigger happening in the galaxy of the empire trying to uh, come back as the big 
the leaders, the rulers of the galaxy. That's huge. And I don't know if the Mandalorian show itself will deal with all of that or if it will be the Ahsoka show or whatever, like where it's going to go. It could be the big, could be one big giant defenders style get together where that's where it all comes together. Or they just take it and they play with it and they're like, you know, it's coming because you watch the sequels. You know it's coming. So we don't have to end it because it, it ends in the Rise of Skywalker, essentially. I would be curious. I'm curious. So let me know what you guys think in the chat. I'm curious if they're going to deal with Shivp at all. And I don't mean him coming into the show necessarily, but his, his return. And I like, I like the Rise of Skywalker. I'm on record as saying that and you can't go back on what you say and so i i actually enjoy it more than more than most people i don't know whatever it's whatever i i think it's fun it's I, it's gone down on my list since i since i first watch it but you know if it's on tv or whatever i will sit down and i will watch i will watch it um but no we got visitors no we don't so that, so the one thing that they didn't handle very well in that was the return of Palpatine. They're just like, oh yeah, yeah, something, something, the the dark side pathways, something, something. I'm back, eh? And and I know everybody rags on the line somehow Palpatine returned. I still think that that is the most misunderstood line probably in Star Wars because that's not the explanation for his return. That is. Just like, oh my God, how the hell did this guy come back? You know, it's kind of like that moment for him there. So I kind of, so the reason why I'm asking, and again, let me know what you guys think in the chat is, is could we see them? I mean, maybe the Snoke bit and Pershing was the start of it, but could we see, could we see that occurring? The the formation of Palpatine, the essence of Palpatine, something to do, maybe not Exegol, but maybe a hint of, of this possibility. And maybe, you know, maybe uh, Gideon or Thrawn or someone to that effect, maybe these guys, they know, you know, they're aware, Hey, the emperor's back. Um, is that like, do you think that's a possibility? And Oh, oh Wow. Uh, my chat froze, and I just all of a sudden got. Uh, I honestly thought that Tar Vizsla was going to go against Mando and him. Rangers of the Mandalorian, Rangers of the Mandalorian, new boss, same as the old boss with the New Republic. Yep. My only complaint was less Grogu. Yeah, there was less Grogu, definitely. Uh, the New Republic is failing the galaxy bureaucracy reset. I like the sequels. Yeah, I, no, I'm not even arguing against like liking the sequels or whatever. Just. Uh, I'm just saying, uh, book, book BB was good as well. Snoke equals Plagueis. Kidding. Maybe we'll see a Sith cult. I love the sequel trilogy. That's why I'm so excited. I watched the video pretty much be brought to its knees yesterday because someone's depressed about all roads leading back to the sequel trilogy. I've seen that a lot too. I don't know how you could be uh, depressed about. Look, look, look. I like the sequels. I I rag on them here and there, but I actually ultimately, like I said, I just watched The Rise of Skywalker because it showed up on my Apple TV. I'm like, oh yeah, I'll watch it. Why not? Last Jedi, yeah, throw that one on. Force Awakens, Force Awakens, I consider a donut, right? Empty cow. Let's put it on. Let's watch it. I love Finn is so good in that movie. I'll watch. I like those movies. However, if you cannot stand the sequel trilogy, 
like absolutely despise the sequel trilogy and you're depressed that you know everything in these in the disney plus shows are leading towards that don't be why would you be because i mean uh, yeah like okay you might not like them but if you if you break down what the sequels are right so you break them all down uh the empire is back shivp is back he's in hiding uh they're gonna twist the mind of of han solo's son uh, the new republic is in shambles and they get to hosnian prime there's like so many things that even the hosnian prime which i think is the, is stupid like i cannot i don't like hosnian prime at all i think it was dumb i love that we keep going to coruscant every week but when i watched the force awakens i thought they blew up coruscant that's what I thought happened, and it wasn't. So how? Why do they go to Hosnian Prime? I'm sure it might have been explained in a book, but I didn't read that book, and I'm betting most people that watch the show didn't either. So why would they? They do that. Why would the New Republic go to Hosnian Prime? What is? What's the benefit to that? Is it like to, to me? That's interesting, right? Like Mon Mothma. By the way, rumor that Mon Mothma is going to be showing up in Mandalorian, and I think Ahsoka. And then Andor. That's awesome. Tying tying it all. That ties it all in so well. I can't I hope that's a thing. I, I hope I mean I, I hope it didn't just ruin it for anybody. It's a rumor, but I hope that's a thing. Cause that would be that would be phenomenal. Uh some fans want yeah, some fans do want the sequel with retcons. I I I get it. I don't they shouldn't be retcon. I think the the problem is and we talked like Monday I kind of went off on this a little bit without going anywhere but I, I think the the problem isn't the sequels it's that they decided to just end it. They're like it's over. The Skywalker saga is over. The end. I I don't I don't understand that because even Marvel for instance they do the Infinity Saga, right? And they're like Infinity Saga is over and they keep going. So why would they end like they're like episode nine? This is it. Everything ends. Why not keep going? And they didn't even end anything, right? Like the way it ended is like, but we were it's kind of like that's where that's where we were three movies ago. You didn't really progress anything necessarily, other than Ray has a yellow lightsaber, which is awesome. And I would totally be down for more stories about that. But I'm just saying, like, don't retcon it. Do what you're doing with the TV shows, right? Flesh the little things out that need to be fleshed out because as much as anybody can love those movies. And look, I'll use me as love my love for the prequels as an example. I love the prequels to death. That is, I'm not even ashamed to admit that. I love them to death. But there are things that need to be fleshed out in them. And then you have Clone Wars and Clone Wars kind of helps with that. So if you have the opportunity to do that, why not, right? I mean, I'm not saying not everything needs to be explained. That takes away the mystique of things, uh, definitely. But little things you could flesh out, and like, oh, the reason for that was this, and they do that well in novels. But I look, I love, I love books. I wrote one. Heidi has written some. Uh, but let's let's be real here. Star Wars is as great as Star Wars has been in literature. It's better visually like it's, you read literature it's better when you watch it though right it's better on the screen it's better on the big screen but it's better on the screen now people have big screens in their houses this is where star wars belongs star wars belongs as 
on the like the, the books are great for little things, but now we have the Disney Plus stuff. Put it all on there. Show me why GVP was able to return. Show me why, you know, Poe Dameron's parents are they going to make an appearance? Why not? Why not? They, the, it's all open. But back like so, Zeb showing up is great. I I think they're gonna. I like again. I don't know. I wasn't expecting it, but it, I guess now they've opened the door for Zeb to be on the other shows, right? They, they've opened the door now so he could jo- join Sabine in Ahsoka if he wanted. But he's also working for the New Republic, so maybe maybe he'll be out of crosshairs there. Maybe. wonder where Callus is, though. That would have been great. All the TV shows, including Andor and Kenobi, are part of the Mandovers. Andor was part of the Mandovers? Ah, uh, Dale's got to go soon. It's not over. Haven't you read my stories yet? <laughs> yes, Dale. And I'm going to email you about those because I have. Uh, they won't video game Luke from the EU. It's not going to happen. That wasn't good, right? No, I'm look the EU, and I've said this from the start. There's a lot of EU stuff that I loved, but there's a lot of it that I didn't love. And and when I read it, I always read it under the with the thought in my mind that they, they were just kind of like stories like side stories they weren't necessarily you know official right like nothing i read to me was ever this is officially what happened so when somebody would say something and i read you know the true sabacra or whatever i wouldn't be like well oh in that book actually what i never really went down that rabbit hole because like the movies are the movies what happens in the movies is all that really matters uh boba's original background was great original background uh something i uh, love it where's dale I, they won't video game luke sorry my chat keeps freezing around here now but snow eagles plague um is lovable i just think the main reason george kept saying it can be canon until it's not yeah well that's it it's like do it and then when they make a movie they're going to be like that's not what we're doing and they have every right to do that as much as you love that story, once it's in a movie, that's really what matters. I know people get mad at Dave Filoni because they retcon Kane and intro and Order 66. But you know, we see that in live action. It'll probably be different from the Bad Batch too. And I think that's fine. I don't know. I think we, we hold on to these things a little too tightly. And we forget that you know, there could be some creative leeway. Like, you know, you could see a... I mean, Elvis, they just, you know, the Elvis movie last year. I haven't seen it, but there's been, what, 47,000 movies about Elvis Presley. And I guarantee you, they're all different. They probably all start and end very similar, but they're all different, right? Like these stories, you know, it's broken telephone. They're different things that happen for all of it. And that's fine. I'm okay with it. I mute my mic. I'm pretty good at doing that. Uh, in the EU, he was a lots of mic issues. Yeah, look, Boba. Okay, I love Book of Boba Fett, and I know people wanted him to be super cool. I know Vermont Mike, you like Book of Boba Fett as well. I know people wanted him to be the super cool badass bounty hunter, but for me, I think we got. A more compelling story, especially as a one-off, right? Because it doesn't take away from him ever being a badass. In fact, in that show, it kind of showed that he was a badass, but he's older 
wiser, more mature, and he was also being digested in the belly of a sarlacc, right? So it, it, for me, that show was perfect. Uh, there, but look, there, there's Darth Maul books in the EU that I, I adore. I love Darth Maul, obviously, so the more I can get of Darth Maul, I eat it up. But, you know, it's not inclusive. I started reading the the new comic, the, the canon comic when it came out. I wasn't I wasn't all in that. It, I thought it was okay. It wasn't my favorite. Uh, but that's the thing. Like, you take the stories and just keep telling us. As long as the stories are good and compelling, we're going to keep coming back. And I don't think – but the stranglehold that we have on what's canon and what's not, it needs to, we need to loosen it up a little bit. And, again, though, you can't really – like when James Gunn took over DC, James Gunn and Peter Saffron, when they took over DC in early November, they mapped something out, right? And then we got news like Henry Cavill's not back, blah, blah, whatever. But it wasn't until, as I stumble across the words, mid to, I think it was late January. It might have been the end of like the last day of January. Around that. Maybe it was February, I don't remember. That's when we got an announcement of, Here's the first half of our first phase. And why I bring that up is there was already DC stuff going on all around. And then they decided, hey, you know what? DC, though, it's going to be movies. It's going to be TV. It's going to be video games. And it's going to be comics. And we're going to do what they're doing in Star Wars. But they actually, for the first time in probably since what? Like 1989's Batman. They have, or maybe against the Dark Knight, they have the advantage. They have a foot up on the competition, a foot up on Star Wars. They can beat Star Wars at their own game because, because DC Studios right now has something that Star Wars doesn't have. And that's James Gunn and Peter Saffron. It has someone at the top. Because James Gunn and Peter Saffron work for David Zaslav, who is Kathleen Kennedy. Kathleen Kennedy needs to hire James Gunn and Peter Safran for Star Wars. Because then, when you have that, you put them in a room, in the Aaron Rodgers dark room, for like four days. You let them come out and be like, this, is, or just he or she or whatever. I'm, whoever you get, they come on and they're like, this is our pitch. Because that's the only way you can get the books, the comics, the TV shows, and the movies to be coordinated is if you have a singular figurehead looking down on everything, planning it all out. They had a story group, but the story group wasn't really a story group. They were just, I think mean, the story group is, and they're wonderful. They they're the, they have the knowledge. I read that uh, in the, I believe it was Star Trek The Next Generation, when the writers would write a script, they would leave like parts blank for like the tech terms, and then somebody else would fill out the tech terms. And that's kind of what the story group was for Star Wars, from what I could tell, from what it sounded like to me. That's what it seemed like. Uh, DC Fontana was a writer for Star Trek and eventually wrote for Star Wars legend novels. She said she liked writing for Star Wars after Return of the Jedi because she wasn't limited by canon. Or she, Yeah, so exactly. Like, you want the freedom. But again, nothing was going to work until you have someone singular up top saying this is it this is it this is our storyline and the thing is like james gunn said they planned out i believe 10 years the first 10 years plan out 10 years of star wars it it's not that hard it might be hard now because you got mando and ahsoka like you've got shows that are succeeding right 
and in the pipeline and Acolyte and all that. But it's not that hard to just say, what are we doing, right? And above all that, someone can even come in and they're like, just saying so you, know, you can't touch the Mandoverse or Acolyte or Andor. But Andor's going to be over for the next season anyway. But you can't touch this stuff. But anything beyond the Rise of Skywalker, play ball. Like they could take that approach to somebody, right? And and then and then when anyway, I, I don't obviously this is all above, but I'm just saying for all all the stuff that they promised us uh was it ten years ago, whatever it was when they made the announcement, no more legends, everything's gonna be connected. The only way for that to ever have been truly achieved was to have an actual Star Wars figurehead. And they never they never did that. They never followed through on that. And so I think that's why a lot of it has felt messy to a lot of fans, right? Because J.J. Abrams did this. Ryan Johnson did this. Uh, uh, Claudia Gray did this. Dave Filoni did this. And so it's kind of disjointed in a lot of ways. And I didn't – the pieces weren't connecting – Credit now to what's going on now is pieces seem to be collecting and the and connecting and the acolyte seems to be connecting to the High Republic from what we hear. So which that's very cool. It's nice to like the connective tissue is what they need and and that's why you know what I just said. The point is kind of moved because they 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 figured it out on the TV side. Like the Manoverse all connects and or if Andor is going to connect to it, that's going to be great. Acolyte doesn't have to. It's two hundred years in the past. It doesn't have to or hundred years, whatever it is. It doesn't have to. It has to know where it's going, right? But it doesn't have to connect in any way. It just has to have that feel of Star Wars. And the set pieces have shown that it kind of looks like Star Wars. It looks like it's part of the Mandovers. It looks like it's part of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Like it's a spin-off of Obi-Wan Kenobi in a lot of ways. And the cool thing is like Andor, which or, and, uh, Coruscant, I thought Coruscant looked the best on episode three of Mandalorian, which was the Pershing episode. But it felt like the same one that we got in Andor. So it's just a little thing like that. They figured it out on the TV side. I hope they figured it out further. This episode was fantastic. I can't wait to talk to Brock about it. We're a mile a minute here because I just, I loved it. I can't believe we've been doing this for a half hour. I, I absolutely loved it. Um, it's the little things that they do. R5 coming up big, as always. Uh, there's a show I'd like to watch. Uh, you know, so you got and and what what's great about this episode is the interweaving of the story. That it started off where it started off with grief cargo, and that was a great scene. And then he sends the message, and then we go to the bar with Zeb, and that's a great moment. And then we go to Coruscant, and we see Kane. And that's a great moment. And then we go to the Mandos. And they're going to have to relocate now. And that's a great moment. And then we get the kick-ass battle. And that's great. And the pirates perish and one of them takes off to go fight the skeleton crew. And that's a great moment. And then the Mandos sit. And that's a great moment. And then Bo-Katan. Bo-Katan is called in from the armor. And by the way, there was a couple moments in this that really had, to me, 
horror movie vibes to them. When the armorer came in to like to beat down the pirates, that kind of felt a little bit like a horror movie to me. And at the very end, when we saw Gideon shovel, sho- shovel, <laughs> Gideon shuttle, and we're kind of seeing it through the droid, the R, whatever, the droid's scope. When we saw that, that kind of had like a nice horror movie element to it as well. And I totally dug it. I really liked it. But Bo-Katan goes in. The armor starts talking to Bo-Katan. Uh, and, and the armor's like, remove your helmet. And she's very confused and conflicted and doesn't want to. She's kind of bought into the way. She doesn't want to. And the armor's like, no, just do it. You walk both ways. You can unite all the Mandalores. Not all the Mandalorians. And that was a cool moment. I, again, let me know what you guys saw in the chat, though. Because I was kind of like, all right, all right. Sure. But she's had this opportunity before with the dark saber, where she didn't completely earn that right. But she she had the chance before, and she obviously failed. And Heidi says, "I noticed the Navarians were forced into the cave like the Mandal." Ah, parallels. Good catch there, Heidi. Um, so Bo-Katan's had this opportunity before. Whether Armor knows that or not, I'm not sure. And I'm not sure. And then, of course, you know, we find the findings that Mandalorians broke. Gideon out. And what more Mandalorians are out there? There's Axe, Axe Woves and uh, the wrestler. I cannot remember her name, but Axe Woves is just a just such a stupid name that I remember that name. Uh, but those two are out there. They're the only ones that I know are out there. Stop me if I'm wrong. Uh, so it'll be curious to see what plot that was if, if uh, the armor had any, any say in that as well. Because things are... When things start to look good for the Mandos, that's when it starts to get the most bleakest. Or they're being framed. That was the other, yeah, I was going to bring that too. Or there's obviously the possibility that that they are being framed, which is a huge possibility. I don't know if I buy into that necessarily, uh, the being framed aspect to it, because, I mean, yes, I do buy into it. Because that was my first thought, they're, they're being framed. But for the storyline, I'm not sure how many episodes we have left, but for the storyline, is it more intriguing that that's legit? And there's a bigger play out there. And the, Man- the Mandalorians getting together and being a faction again is a lot more difficult than you would believe. And again... If the armorer has anything to do with this, the armorer and my boy Heavy. Oh, I should tomorrow I'll bring my Heavy Funko Pop. Heavy's been my favorite. Paz, Paz Vizsla, he's been my favorite since since season one. I got the Funko Pop. I wasn't able to get the Black Series because I just couldn't find it. Because he's my and now like wasn't in season two. Showed up in Book of Bofe, and now was like the best Mandalorian. And I'll fight anybody that says any otherwise. Dillerman, right? But Bo learned. From those other experiences, or she'll bury herself this time for good. I think uh, that's the bet the armorer is waging. You might be right. It depends on where the armorer is on all of it. But you're right about Bo-Katan learning from her past experiences. Um, and then the other thing too is, like, I know she failed. You know she failed. But my wife has no. My wife who watches episode like she has no idea that Bo-Katan has failed. She doesn't know what's going on. So it won't really affect anything. In second chances and whatnot. 
And, and she might even say, you know, I had, well, she did kind of mention that she had it for a brief time. So we'll see where it goes. I, this season again, I'm gonna end this the way I started. Is it still feels like this is that they that they've got the pedal to the metal. They know exactly what they're doing. They know where they're heading. Uh, again, like the first two seasons were more episodic. This one is definitely a stronger on it being a binge watching show. It's the, I think it's going to be one where you watch it all at once. And you're like that was a freaking movie. I, th- I didn't watch season two all at once, but I did watch season one straight through, and I, I dug it. I dug it. But this one, I think, is actually going to play even stronger than season one when it's all said and done. Season one, Quill, my man. Quill and Heavy are the two. And I, I actually have – okay, so I have three Funkos from the Mandalorian. Quill, Heavy, clearly. And I think – oh, do I still have the box for that one? I don't know if I do. I think his name was actually – just like Mandalore, like heavy Mandalorian. I think it was with his name on it. And I, I and I have uh, Mando writing a, a blurb as well. Uh, it's a soap opera. Yes, it is Zach Lee, says Taylor. Uh, curious where we're going with all of this Bo-Katan, uh, or not Bo-Katan, the armor. What side of the fence is the armor? Zach T. Lee. What side of the fence is the, is the armor on? Is the armor believing in Bo-Katan? Or is the armor trying to drive things further through the Mandos? Because her reign as leader, like, she's she hasn't really been the one making these decisions, right? Like, Mandos kind of swooped in. Now you got, we've got her Bo-Katan. And, she, and Bo-Katan has seen a mythosaur. So if anything there happens, armor might not be too happy. Armor might not be too happy, and bad things could follow. For those in the armor is bad. Because the armor, as much as I love Heavy, and I think Bo-Katan is turning into, I think Bo-Katan is turning into one of my favorite characters, and her helmet is the best. Uh, and I love Mando. But the armor is easily the most badass of all of them. Most wise, perhaps. But that could be her Achilles heel, and it could be coming to an end for her very, very soon. I, I, I don't. I, I'm not sure where the, the thing with these shows is. I've never really known where they're going, and I like that Kane on uh, Coruscant showed up, and she was kind of manipulating the conversation, and uh, her rebellion friend was like, "You're kind of full of crap. You're kind of full of crap." But Tim Meadows, by the way, Tim Meadows. I think Tim Meadows was it was greater to see Tim Meadows than Zach. <laughs> but, but it was like, you know, and Tim Meadows was like, yeah, no, this person who I barely know, I trust more than what you're saying uh, because the New Republic has rules and we have to follow those rules. Otherwise, we will turn into the Empire. Thus, by not following the rules, they turn more and more into the Empire each and every day. I would give this episode out of 10, 26. No, in fact, I would give this a 9.78921 out of 10. I loved it. What would you guys score? Let me know. Uh, people are complaining that Bo is getting too much screen time, but it's called The Mandalorian, not The Din Djarin Show. I was thinking he was on Police Academy, but it was another police show. Um, to Heidi's point... Yeah, Bo-Katan's, I, Bo-Katan's been getting a lot of attention. 
and it is called the Mandalorian, not the Jin, Din Djarin show. But I think we were led to believe that Din Djarin was the Mandalorian. Now, I've said this every every day I say this, where I kind of feel like the Mandalorian show that we know ended with season two, and we've moved on to this now, which is about a bigger story. Um, I mean, arguably Rebels wasn't about the Mandalorians either, but you know, it was about the Rebels, but the Mandalorians kind of took over in the last few seasons. This is just the nature of storytelling, as you know, Heidi. Like things happen and characters evolve and they grow. And we need Bo Katan is needed because of she walks both ways. Like they're utilizing her perfectly. I in my opinion. The way they're using utilizing Bo Katan is perfect. She walks both ways. They're acknowledging that they're using that to the advantage of the plot. You can't do that with Din. And Din, I mean, has he been sidelined that much? Because you still get the sense, like, he's the one that's like, we have to go to Grief Cargo. We have to fight the pirates. I'm going to be, we're going to do the bait and switch, and I'm going in. And so he's still kind of a leader of it all. Grogu's screen time definitely went down. But, I mean, Grogu's a puppet, and when Grogu bounces, people complain anyway. So you can't, you're in a, a lose-lose situation with all of this stuff. And I, I, the argument, I mean, it's Star Wars at the end of the day, and we're following a Mandalorian character. But Star Wars, and we're following a Mandalorian character and the people that surround that Mandalorian character. Are we going to complain when we watch Ahsoka and Sabine is in it and Hera shows up? Is this where we are now, where we just nitpick over things? The Mandalorian are replacing the Jedi. Uh, yes, that too. He's been in a ton of movies. Uh, yes, Al, he does look like <laughs> he was a ladies' man. Yes, he was. I like that movie. Too. I love the skit, but the movie was good too. Uh, see how the replay deal. I'm gonna wrap it up soon anyway. This has been a lot of fun. I don't know where anything's going on the show. I love the way they're playing it again, those like nitpicking over Bo Katan's getting too much screen time or whatever. I, I just I can't agree with that. Because it hasn't felt like they've taken away from Din. Like, I can understand, like, I love Book of Boba Fett, but when Mandalorian showed up and a whole episode was about the Mandalorian, you're like, well, that took away from Boba Fett. But I haven't gotten that feeling yet. Even in the episode that went with Kane and Pershing, I didn't get that feeling. That, like, nothing is taking away from the story I'm watching. And it just, it, it this one really feels like there is a lot of thought put into this a lot like and i felt the same way with andor when i'm watching andor i'm like they thought this through like they know what they're doing they've got a plan right and maybe leia was the jedi return the jedi maybe she was but i feel like this episode has a plan and they're executing the plan and we're nitpicking the plan because we don't know we don't really know what what the final product is going to be and i think and i think that also has to do with the binge nature culture that we're now right we're i think stranger things is my example and i love stranger things but stranger things drops and we you know i mean i don't but most people they watch it in one sitting so it's like one big long 12-hour movie or, or whatever right so you sit down and you watch Stranger Things. And that's kind of... But, but So the thing is, in Stranger Things, if they don't explain X in episode two, right, 
you're not going to be pissed off because you're going to watch it all anyway, and it'll be explained in episode seven. So you haven't had to wait five weeks in between. Whereas Mandalorian, they haven't. Now I still think, and I and I like the first two episodes, but I still think the first two episodes more so than the last three. I really felt like incomplete. Like okay, and I like sure. You guys know I'm the shorter the episodes, the better. But I, but I, I just they kind of like just stop, and I was like, where, where, what? Like the first episode's like, all right, they set everything up. I'll give it a pass. The second episode. It's, it's like, oh, the myth is, uh, no, we're done. You're like, okay. I feel like you could have continued, but you didn't. That's fine. But the, the last three, I don't know. They To me, like even this one, which kind of ended on a su- pseudo cliffhanger, I, uh, I, I'm looking behind me. Hey, Tumed. Uh, Tumed, uh, we're setting up uh, a show. So get ready. Get ready. Oh, I did an Outlander Club with the Bring the Pain podcast. Rob, that's a lot of it's a lot of fun. It's gonna be fun. That's gonna go up soon. Two minutes gonna join me on one as well. Rolling out between this channel and Digital Charcuterie channel, we are gonna be rolling out a lot of videos coming up, a lot of live shows, a lot of live talking. Um, but nothing beats Star Wars as far as I'm concerned. Where this show goes, where Mandalorian goes. I don't know. I mean, you know, I kind of like the one pirate, Thane, I think his name was, who looked like the Muppet, the Blue Dragon Muppet, whatever his name is. When he flies away, he's like, ha ah! He flew away. I'm like, oh, so that's how he gets the skeleton crew as he flies away. All right. That's fine. I'm fine. I'm fine with that. I'm glad they killed the rest of them and then went down. By the way, the Ugnut Pirate, oh my God, put him on a Disney ride. Ugnut Pirate of the Caribbean. That's what I want. Ugnut Pirate of the Caribbean. That's how you that's how you do it. Did they replace the Johnny Depp Jack Sparrow? Replace it with Ugnut. Ugnut Pirate. Uh you should have Jaws back on the screen. <laughs> uh yeah, there's a Jaws poster behind me. I can't read it. The computer's really far from me. I can't reach it. It's just anyway, let's wrap this up. Uh, I really like this episode. I like where it's going. I like that there's a, a thought process to it. That's what I really appreciate about it. I appreciate about it with the Book of Boba Fett. And I think even the people that did not like Book of Boba Fett uh, would concede the fact that uh, they, that there was a, an overall plan to where it was going. It wasn't uh, an empty storyline that went nowhere. It went somewhere and it ended. And you don't have to lie. I'm not saying you know because of that you like it. I'm just saying got to you have to concede that fact and i feel the same is true for mandalorian where it ends i don't know this one unlike book of both that which was one season maybe we get a second maybe we don't i don't know this one we know we're getting more we're getting at least one more but we know we're getting more mandalorian episodes or seasons so do they end it on a cliffhanger or do they end it with whatever this season storyline is about which i'm guessing is about mandalorians reuniting do they end that this season or they do do they progress it to the next season? Because they dealt with the pirates already and Grief Cargo. So you've dealt with two of your main your main situations from the first episode. Now all you got left left is a Mandalorian and the Darksaber. And of course, Moff Gideon. Never tell me the odds tomorrow. Will we see Moff Gideon next week? 
We'll find out one week today when everybody wakes up at 3 a.m. Eastern time to watch it and I'm still sleeping. And then I wait until 6 o'clock in the evening to watch it and I have to avoid social media like the plague. I guess nobody really avoided the plague. So I have to avoid social media like uh, something you avoid for an entire day because nobody has any chill on that thing. And they are ruining the show for people that haven't seen it the minute it goes out. And uh, so I don't go on there. I just don't. All right, everybody, thank you so much. Oh, next season is a flashback to make Solo 2 happen. All right, everybody. <laughs> That's two minutes. All right, everybody, thank you so much for watching. Give us a like and a subscribe. Star Wars, it just, I don't know. I just haven't been disappointed yet. I mean, underwhelmed sometimes, yeah. But this season of Mandalorian, they've got to figure it out. If you don't think they do, Maybe you should go home and rethink your life. All right, everybody, thank you for watching. Give us a like and a subscribe. And until next time, may the force of others be with you. Thanks for watching. Don't forget to give us a thumbs up on our video. As always, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, Rebel Scum Podcast, for all the latest videos.